0: Welcome to the one small change podcast with me, Dr. Simon Chard, I'm a cosmetic dentist, public speaker and startup entrepreneur. But most importantly, I'm a lifelong disciple of self improvement and optimization. In this podcast, we present conversations with world class industry leaders, sharing their expertise in high performance, spirituality, business and health. It's my job to dissect their key behaviors, routines, and mindsets so that you can implement them today to create balance and success in your life. So on today's show, we have the incredible Dan Murray-Surter, serial entrepreneur, host of the UK's top business podcast, Secret Leaders, and I don't exaggerate when I say this, one of the most inspirational people I know. Over the last 10 months, Dan's become a friend, a mentor, and a fellow Peloton enthusiast. So I'm really excited to share his insight with all of our listeners today. Welcome, Dan. Thanks, Simon. I'm pretty sure that the mentoring doesn't count on Peloton, in
1: fairness. <laughs> You're definitely steaming ahead of me there, but elsewhere, I can't have it all.
0: Indeed, indeed. We'll, we'll learn from each other. Yeah. Um, so Dan, I want to start off by talking about your company Heights, um, which I am a user of myself. I've got it got it right here. Big, big fan of the product. And I actually, I mentioned it on, the, on my first episode. Um, Heights has recently become the fastest company in health to raise a million pounds um, in crowdfunding ever. So I think it was 20 minutes in the end that you managed to raise a million. Um, that must feel pretty good. Um, but as we were just talking about before the call, um, these things don't happen overnight. So I'd love just to go back and just start with a bit of a whistle-stop tour from you on on how you got to this this really great point in the business.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, would, would it be helpful to give a bit of backstory as to why why, you know, even doing heights why that's even relevant or we do want to cover that later absolutely yeah, yeah, Go yeah as sure. far back
0: as you think sure sure so
1: um i mean my journey with heights really started from a surprising point where um I, you know i've had a variety of mental health problems in my life because i think most people do not everyone obviously diagnoses them necessarily but you know my father had passed away i'd had depression for a bit it's pretty normal very common um I, you know, starting in a in an industry in my previous company, Gravel, I had imposter syndrome. You know, this, these are these are things that are very common for people, whether they get labelled or not. Um, when my um when my actual like really diagnosable mental health problems occurred I was really healthy happy and everything was good in my life which is why it was so incredibly frustrating an archetype man as well you know men like to fix things and label something and get to the root cause and that was impossible for me so um there I was you know at the time very happy um finally well paid after years of entrepreneurship in my previous business uh my getting married uh, you know, met the woman of my dreams. Well, she would met the man of her dreams, obviously, um, <laughs> and really very much the other way around. I spent about ten years chasing my wife um, and being told no multiple times. Perfect parallels between my relationship and my business.
0: Uh, <laughs> <I keep laughs> You're a persistent well, man. <laughs> persistence, um,
1: and, um, and, and, and 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 you know, my mum had just recovered from cancer. Like all of these things were great, and I practiced gratitude. I was really happy. And then one day I just couldn't sleep, and I was like, okay, that's kind of unusual. But when I say couldn't sleep, what I mean is, um, I basically I went to sleep at midnight and I woke up at two a.m. and it's just so disturbed. I couldn't get that sleep, but more than that, I was just very wide awake. I was like, full of energy. I was ready to go. So I was like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to go into the living room and just start work and see how that goes. And you know, that was then went on the second night and the third night, um. You know, the, the kind of pathetic thing about hustle culture and entrepreneurship is I told myself this story of maybe I'm like Elon Musk. I've actually read that he only needs to sleep two hours a night and, you know, yeah. possibly this is the makings of a genius and I should lean into this. So, you know, I would work from 2 a.m. to 10 a.m. when we started work, you know, in Shoreditch. I'd already done my eight hours of work in a day and then I'd turn up to work, ready to work. Um, obviously, you know, I'm embarrassed to say, but I was proud of myself. Uh, you know I thought this was really cool. That went on for about a month. Cats decided to come and join. Um, <laughs> but that went on for about a month and um, after that you know I started to feel really terrible and you know it was started to basically like creep in with really chronic anxiety so all day long you know I'd be sweating like really badly, sweating like hot and cold really like concerned about nothing but concerned about everything. Um, anyway. This literally, like, carried on for five and a half months, and it was terrible. I tried everything. I went to the doctor, gave me sleeping pills, but, you know, I didn't want to take them because I didn't really uncover the root of the problem. I tried all the different apps, Calm, I went to a sleep therapist, everything. Um, and in the end, I went for dinner with a friend who said to me, uh, sounds like you've got a brain nutrition problem. Have you thought about your brain nutrition? And I was like, and by the way, this was a startup founder, so she was not a doctor or anything. But I was just like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And she was like, look, I've had mental health problems, and I went to see a dietitian, uh, which is basically, you know, I'd, I'd only ever heard of nutritionists, because obviously nutritionists is everyone on Instagram, but uh, <laughs> a dietitian, for clarity, nutritionists deal with healthy people, nutrition, um, dietitians deal with sick people. So if you have a nutritional deficiency or problem in the NHS, for example, you'll go see a dietitian, they're medically trained, et cetera, whereas anyone can be a nutritionist. So I was like, okay, never heard of this, sounds professional and good, I'm going to go. And I went, and within two minutes she basically diagnosed me very quickly and was like sounds like you're not getting enough brain nutrition sounds like you're basically starving your brain of what it needs to thrive i recommend these supplements take dha omega-3 take uh, blueberry extract because your particular symptoms are like lack of sleep and that's an antioxidant it will help you sleep or uh, clean out your lymphatic system of your brain is what she said specifically but obviously didn't mean anything to me at the time and take b vitamin complex because you know um I was doing a plant-based diet, and she's like, you're going to be really low on on B vitamins, not just B12, yeah. which everyone tells you about, you're going to be low on all B vitamins, and um, you you need more energy, ultimately, and you need not to have an energy spike at 2am, more importantly, your energy supply needs to be regulated. So skeptical, because I don't take supplements, never really been into them, I just, I've just never taken them, I just wasn't... Um, I like science-based things, generally speaking, which obviously is what we get to with heights. And the problem that I've had with supplements is like, you know, there's a lot of effort that goes into sort of discrediting whether they work or not. And my previous experience for whether people like them or not seem to be very charismatic marketeers. And, you know, I'm a cynical Englishman, so I love to think that I'm smarter than any smart, uh, smug American telling me that something worked and that they 10x everything. So all of these things kind of combined for me to just like completely disregard them, but. I was desperate and anyone with a mental health problem that has been in my situation, whether it's anxiety or insomnia or anything, understands the desperation to try something, anything that might work. So I went and bought them Um, and like literally within, you know, a week to 10 days, I was sleeping till 5am, then 6am, then 7am, which was a miracle for me. Amazing. Yeah. I was so excited to tell her. I mean, this is the thing that really like, you know, really impacted me. I am so excited to tell her that it worked. Like, you won't believe that this has worked. And she was so cavalier about it. She was like, I know that it worked. Um so the cat is having a real great time in the background trying to join <laughs> yeah. in. Um, but you know, she was like, I, I know it worked. As in there's no shock, surprise, it, you know, there was literally nothing from her. She was like, Yes, it worked. Because that's that's what my job is. My job is to tell people what they probably have wrong with them the problem is no one knows that nutrition plays such an important part of brain health and mental health and that there is no such good th- there is no such thing as good mental health without good brain health so very 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 often if people have a mental health problem they try and diagnose this on a psychological level and on a psychological level yes of course someone might have died or you might be upset you might be in a pandemic and it might be like very anxious times and all of these things and those are psychological problems but actually very commonly at the root cause you know things like brain fog concentration low energy poor sleep etc etc these are nutritional problems too um so she was very like i say very casual not that I mean, she wasn't, she's not the dietician I worked with at height, she wasn't particularly emotional um, or fun, but she was just like, yes, binary, yes, this works, yes, I'm not surprised. Um, But it changed my life, right? Because I'm finally sleeping, feeling good, my anxiety had gone away. So I decided to do, um, there was two things in this. So one was that um, I love communication. And I think communication is an incredible superpower and, you know, everyone always asks me what am I good at and it's not really entrepreneurship generally. It's not like lots of different things, but I think I'm relatively good at communication Um, I'm curious and I like to ask people what they want to be communicated. So I decided to write a newsletter on what science says is good for your brain because it was good for me. Right? So there's, like I said, a couple of things that go into this. The first is, um, I, I, I'd had a life-changing experience, and it's available for everyone, right? Supplements are available for everyone, but why don't people know? Why isn't that a thing? Why doesn't anyone care? Well, firstly, I learned most supplements, and there's, supplements have a, a bad rep, and there's a reason, because most supplement companies are ripping people off. So the first experience I had was with the dietitian. I actually, I didn't even mention this, the first thing I did was buy my supplements from Holland and Barrett, and she was like, oh, God, no, I should have told you. You can't buy them from there not good enough quality. You have to go to Planet Organic or Whole Foods because that's much more high quality. Yes, they're more expensive, but actually pound for pound, they're better. They're better value for money. Um, and I was like, "I don't understand why." She's like, "Because um, in supplements, for whatever reason, there is a minimum amount you can put in and make a marketing claim like supports healthy heart, healthy brain function, whatever." Um, and then there's the amount according to science that actually has an impact on your health. Um, that's a massive difference. And all the supplement companies that can get away with it will charge much less, but sell you cheap products. So if you're buying supplements for about £10, she's like, I can pretty much guarantee you that they're taking the piss. If your supplements cost you about, I don't know, 30, 40 quid for a bottle, like they would at Organic or Whole Foods, there's a reason. And she's like, you can see all of this information on the back of their packets. They're legally obliged to, do, to tell you this. Um, so I bought myself seven Cs, for example, Omega 3, which is the biggest brand in the world for them. Uh, they, the minimum amount you're supposed to have per day is 250 milligrams of omega-3s for your healthy heart, healthy brain function, etc. They put in 45 per day, so you'd need to have their product for six days in a row just to get one day's worth of what I, as a consumer, thought I'd be getting, like value from. So, a really interesting experience. So the first one for me was like, wow, there's an opportunity here just to not rip people off. Secondly, I was like communication. So people don't know about this stuff, but also people don't really know about what's good for you in general, according to science. People like to listen to charismatic marketeers, people don't like to read science papers. I'm quite nerdy. I like that stuff. So I'm gonna write a newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna write a newsletter and send it every single week, land in people's inbox every Sunday, of some science backed tips of what of what you can do to take care of your brain and improve your mental performance at work this week. But all according to science. So I'll, I'll reference back the science paper. And I'll be across a range of nutrition, psychology, neuroscience, and that's it. Um So not really opinion, but I will be the person that's communicating it for sure. But I don't want to be like a personality. I want to be someone who's like learning about science and trying to help people understand it. And then the other sneaky thing about this, I mentioned imposter syndrome earlier. In my previous company, Gravel, which was in fashion, I had imposter syndrome because I just wasn't... I, I wasn't really ready for the growth. I wasn't really ready for being an entrepreneur in the scene. And, you know, there were moments that were kind of like pinch yourself. I don't belong here kind of thing. And it really affected me. So I was like, I'm going to get that terribly in this business because I'm not a neuroscientist or a nutritionist. I'm going to be trying to encourage people to take care of their brain, but I don't even have that kind of expertise. So... Um, I'd read this amazing quote in neuroscience that was, if you read or watch something, you you learn it once, but when you share it, you learn it twice. And that creates new neural pathways and cements the knowledge in your brain. So it's like, even if it's just for me, writing this newsletter every week, like reading a science paper and rewriting it in plain English every week is going to help me learn. And if people read it, that's great. So that was over two years ago, and I've never missed a beat. The next one's going tomorrow, and the one tomorrow... Is on the science of perfectionism um and you know last week was burnout <laughs> definitely just, one for
0: me to read <laughs> yeah i think it is definitely one for you to read
1: but you know I, I have such a great time learning and reading this stuff but that's that's basically the background of where this, the company started um the cornerstone of the business has always been and will always be this weekly newsletter because i'm very proud of it um and that's actually been the way you know answer to a lot of questions that people want to know about you know how we did x y and z is with a lot of patience. And building a community up who trust your voice and trust that what you're doing is scientifically backed and basically designed to help people understand how to take care of themselves in short snappy steps so you know every time i've asked for feedback on the newsletter the only feedback that ever comes out every time is make it shorter like all people want is something bite-sized all yeah. the time. So people, you know, we'll come onto habits and stuff, but, you know, people want things easy. That's not life, but you can certainly do what you can to try and make things snappy for them. And so our newsletter is always under three minute read. You know, our podcast that we launched, Brain Care, every episode's 15 minutes. Like people, people are curious about, you know, hearing stories. For example, interviews, like when I say secret leaders, that's very different. When it comes to, things for me for my health for how i'm going to get better it's incredible how much people just gravitate towards a quick shortcut
0: yeah yeah i think that's uh, it's it's striking that difficult balance between uh, simplicity for understanding versus oversimplification and then losing the actual purpose of the message altogether which is seems to be what you guys do really well because certainly the the trust element of it uh, especially hearing you speak about it so passionately gives me the confidence to use the product because I know that you've, you you want to create something that genuinely works um and that's why I have no uh, no qualms recommending it to my own listeners because it is um it's something that I mean I've been using it now for I think I'm on my second month now and genuinely I've already seen a, an improvement in my mental health I've never struggled with sleep to be honest <clears throat> but um says the guy I, waking up at four thirty every day how do you know? Yeah, not, the, how do you know you're not yeah, but,
1: struggling with sleep?
0: <laughs> well, that's actually the reason why I can wake up at that time in the morning. I think because I am, I'm quite. I mean, I haven't had a professional diagnosis, but certainly going to sleep's never been an issue for mm. me. Mm. Um, uh, if anything, I get a bit of a nickname of sleepy sigh, falling asleep all over mm-hmm. the place. Um, but um, yes, it's. Um, Sleep's not been an issue, but certainly anxiety and uh, and sort of erraticness of my um, mental health and emotional state is something that I've been uh, making a concerted effort to work on. Um, And I think with my own research around the gut brain axis and Mm. the impact of um, diet and nutrition on mental health, I mean, there's amazing studies showing things like the japanese and mediterranean diet reduce your chance of a mental health episode by 25 to 35 percent like huge huge impact on um on our mental health so to have the uh, the nutritional insurance of of a supplement that has good quality ingredients every day is something that definitely definitely aligns with my uh, with my ethos
1: and, and this is the thing i say to people all the time you know like i am i am a super honest guy who understands his audience as skeptics because I was and a supplement is a supplement so don't buy our product and don't take our supplement if you have the time and are skilled enough to cook this stuff yourself that will be better for you than taking heights you don't need to more to the point um for starters like every vegan and vegetarian and I say this as one um has to take something like heights that is if you don't at some point, you will suffer the consequences. Um, and I don't want people to suffer like I did. And that is where this sort of lack of surprise or anything came from with a dietitian. But if you're an omnivore, which obviously most people are, um, we recently did a study, a blood trial, um, um, so with, with vegans and with omnivores. Um, independent third party, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and learned that all the omnivores in our study, 100% of them, were deficient in the key nutrients that we were measuring as well. So they were uh, deficient in DHA, omega-3. They were deficient in surprising things like B1, B3, B6, which, generally speaking, in and um, we think we're going to publish uh, the research actually in a science journal because that that specifically is very surprising. It's previously been thought that most people will generally get these things anyway in our daily diets, but. Actually, you know, eating at home in a lockdown, in a pandemic, et cetera, people haven't really been prioritizing nutrition. I and mean, they might have been prioritizing making themselves feel good through nutrition, but not necessarily like the nutrients that are, are best for our bodies. Um, yeah. And some of these things are really hard to cook. Like, at the end of the day, like, most people get their DHA and Ego-3s from a fish. Um, but you know it's a catch twenty two because you can't have too much oily fish. You get then you get mercury poison. You know there's all these like you can't do too much of this. You can do too much of that. So supplements, yeah. like you say, are a great insurance policy to make sure that you can generally eat quite healthily for what you want to eat as well, and make sure that you're getting what your brain and body needs to make sure that you're healthy. Um, if you are uh, a health nerd, you know, for example, we we wrote. Before we ever had a product, we did a recipe every single week of brain food, which if you go on our website, yourheights.com, we've got a massive food section with so many recipes of don't buy our product, cook this instead. You know, we like to have, <laughs> we like to have responsible messaging.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Because laughs> Having a while in the time there. Very
1: excited to join. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's important for us that we, we are responsible about what we do um and i do think that you know the clue is in the name with supplements but what people really miss is this understanding of like oh i don't need it or oh i have generally quite a healthy diet because that was me like let's just be really clear my father died when he was young and i was young of poor health from not looking after his health nothing Triggers you into wellness more than a death, an early death in a family of someone you care so much about. So I, you know, can't under uh, overemphasize enough just how much that was like me. I eat well, I do this, I do that, I exercise regularly, and yet I was like completely simply diagnosable as this is the root of your problems. Go take supplements. So it's yeah, hard to get. Yes, yeah, it's, it's hard to get what we need, and things are possibly turned a little tide in the last week where the government has recommended 100% of people in the UK to take vitamin D supplements, which are in heights as well. The, the right amount is in heights, but that's been a big U-turn because obviously previously there's been a lot of, well, do they work? Is it worth it, et cetera? And for them to say 100% without exception, everyone should take it because of COVID is a big change.
0: It's massive. Yeah. Mm. Really, really great to see that because uh, vitamin D has been a big... Oh thing that I'm very passionate about as well, especially within my, my role as a dentist, mm. we, we, we see all. it's one of my main questions I ask when we're doing any sort of surgeries is, um, do you supplement vitamin D? Have you had a blood test? Are you vitamin D deficient? Because we know. Oh, is that for bone the, health? What's that for? It's for healing. Um, I mean, yeah. I place dental implants to, um, to replace missing teeth and um it requires the body's bone cells to grow onto this titanium screw in essence mm. um and if they ha- if they have vitamin d deficiency it's been well well proven in the literature that their uh, their chance of bony healing is is dramatically reduced and their failure risk is dramatically increased so mm. it's um it's definitely something that um that we've seen in that and and yeah certainly something i mean I've, I've been supplementing vitamin d for years which is why i was so surprised when i listened to um I think even before we'd met, I'd listened to you talk about vitamin D and how that actually the amount of vitamin D you need in physical form in your hand would only be a few grains of of sand almost. And the rest of that tablet is all caking Asian and, uh, and just sort of really not what someone who is trying to be healthy should be taking on a daily basis, yeah. basically. And,
1: and yeah, and that, this is the thing about taking vitamin D um, and, and pills in isolation as well is, you know, most of the time, yes, you are getting the daily dose of what you need, but you're also taking a whole bunch of stuff that you don't need because uh, it's not a voluminous uh, ingredient. Yeah. And then, you know, the other side to this as well <clears throat> is. Um, vitamin d like lots of people like to take vegetarian or vegan supplements if they can because no point having animal products people don't know this but the most common source of vitamin d is sheep's wool which is very odd but true Mm -hmm. so not vegan or vegetarian so you know um, sourcing high quality sustainable ingredients that are just as impactful or more sometimes so dha is a really interesting one so omega-3s fun fact fun nerdy fact um. Everyone thinks they come from fish, and that's because they're the main source of it. But actually, fish don't synthesize their own omega-3s at all biologically. So they literally get it from algae. So algae is their main food source, and that's how they have omega-3s, and that's how traditionally humans have had their omega-3s is from eating fish. So it's really interesting, like, that chain. So technically speaking, if you want really sustainable and the highest quality, you go to the source, and that is algae. But, of course, you know, when vegans which do come at me quite a lot with how dare you you're like basically threatening my right to exist by saying these things i'm like really not just saying supplement pal um i am you know, literally preaching to the converted here um i just point out to people like okay fair enough well how often have you sat down and had a lovely plate of algae for dinner then And they're like, okay, fair enough. I'm like, this is the thing. Like, people, this is the big problem with the vegan movement is, you know, they say, but you can get it from X, Y, Z food source. You're like, pal, no one sits around and has a dinner of algae and flaxseed. That's just not like a vegan diet. Like, when, when, when the movement starts to appreciate that, yes, there's good information, and 100% these things can come from vegan foods, etc. But you also have to understand what people do, what their behaviour is, and how they eat. This is the thing, like, that doesn't seem to connect. People don't suddenly change everything, right? One small change. People just have their habits and they try and improve their habits a little bit, by a little bit. And that is the right way to create any better habit. You don't suddenly absolutely. turn up one day and be like, I'm going to try a vegan diet. But I want to look after my health, so therefore I'm going to eat a big, horrible plate of seaweed for dinner and, uh, and I'll be done. It's just like impractical. <laughs> yeah, People absolutely. It's, it's, mar- it's
0: marginal gains, isn't it, yeah. for improvement? um wicked so i'm i I, you mentioned grabble there and um one of the main things that i want to get out to my listeners from listening to this podcast is is shifting their relationship with failure away from something that we should be trying to avoid through to uh, an inevitability of life and something that actually oftentimes we should lean into to Mm -hmm. to gain the learnings from it um gravel was also incredibly successful i mean you had millions of users between that and, and your other project popcorn um but what learnings have you taken from from those failures that you have brought into your to your new business that we could all learn from potentially and, and um take them into our own uh, adventures
1: yeah so the the reality is i'm very very lucky um, to have had my experience of a failure with Grable. Um I don't regret any of it. I'm actually, like I said, very thankful for having them because there's just so much to learn. Um, but the reality is I, um, you know, things I learned, most, most things I learned were about myself. So most important thing that I learned was about me as a leader. Now, previously with Gravel, I was 26 when I first started it. Um, and I just, I guess like a bit of ego, definitely a bit of like lacking confidence and then sort of over-egging on the confidence. I thought it would probably be very weak to admit, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to do anything, et cetera, et cetera. And so I try to lead with confidence and assurance. And, you know, the reality is like decisions would always come back to me and that's really like that's a real cardinal mistake for a founder or a leader you need to hire people and empower them to make decisions without you completely without you and get it wrong and take risks and figure it out and explain why this this went wrong or this didn't happen but i didn't know that at the time so you know i was running marketing and every single question every should we do this should we do that this has happened this which and like you know Imagine how many decisions you have to make a day. It's not practical or possible. There is no supercomputer yeah. person that can possibly do that. So my greatest mistake and best lesson was I hired people who were very, very capable, um, but I didn't empower them properly to make their own decisions the right way. And so things always came back to me. This time around, I've hired really smart people and I've empowered them and I never you know, people come to me with questions, well they don't, fortunately, very much, but I always say, you you know the answer, you tell me. Um, and I don't try and make, it's hard sometimes as well, because it's also worth saying in, at a height, you know, for the first year behind the scenes writing this newsletter, doing the supply chain, getting the product off the ground, you know, we launched in January 2020 our products and we hadn't hired anyone till March. Everyone we've hired has therefore been in the pandemic. And therefore, we've run a remote company from day one without even intending to. Um, it's just worth saying that, you know, after sort of, I don't know, 18 months in the background of like having an idea and building it and starting something, it is actually hard to start devolving decisions to other people, right? As in, it's almost been like the fun, like we had no employees for all that time, launching the entire product into the market, website, supply chain, everything, just two of us. Um... And that was an amazing learning experience, bloody hard work, but like super yeah. great learning how to do everything ourselves um and suddenly you know you're not you're not able to do the fun bits in fact that's someone else's job. you've hired them to do it, so you need to step back so sort of removing the ego from that that aspect and sort of understanding that. You know from experience that hasn't played well for you in the past and therefore it won't play well for you again and so don't do it again has been a great experience and it's really stopped me from being tempted to try and answer questions or try and make decisions and disempower people that i've hired so that's my first big learning my second big learning was um you know not growth at all costs so growth at all costs costs us the business and our sanity. So that wasn't a p- positive outcome at all because we pushed ourselves too hard, we grew too fast. In the end, we we ended up imploding um, in, in terms of, you know, our costs outweighed our revenue because of our customer growth um, and different problems with the business model. So <clears throat> that became quite a big learning that you have to get your fundamentals right. And actually to the third point, Realistically, the most important lesson, and I've had this conversation with you and Rona specifically, is manage your margins before you do anything else, because your margin, your profit margin on your product is exactly where you get to do things like make your customers happy. Like customers will pay a premium for a better product, and customers will pay a premium for better customer service. Like but you have to be able to afford that so if you're running off which on gravel we did 10 percent margins <clears throat> wow. that's fine yeah terrible but but high growth so you know there's benefits that come with it as well but if you do that then the reality of your experience is you know something goes wrong you just don't have the budget the leeway to sort these things out for customers and that's what happened to us whereas at heights you know Someone loses, I mean, look, as you know, sending stuff in the post, people lose it or claim they lose it or DPD or Hermes or whoever, yeah. right? And you've got to be able to re- replace that for a customer for free um, without it literally feeling like it's going to cost your business. Like the earth, you need to be able to do that. Like one every so often, packages go missing. Um, you know, you'll have a customer say, this happened or that happened. Or, you know, it's a perfect example. Last night, and I get this a lot but people will talk to me about their mental health problems etc over Instagram they'll listen to me in a podcast they'll be like I'm not sleeping um, someone did this last night um and I sent her a three month supply of heights you know on us because I feel bad for her because she's taking sleeping pills she won't come off the sleeping pills um I sent her a free subscription of calm As another example like we have free we bought a whole bunch of calm subscriptions for people in the pandemic for customers in the pandemic who are communicating with us because our newsletter we send every week i always say hit reply people do reply and if people tell us that they're really struggling at the moment with x y and z they're anxious they're concerned whatever it might be we try and send them a free card subscription no cost just like great surprise nice thing to do for a customer that's in need and you know it's all about trust like you hope that customers aren't ripping you off or lying but like it doesn't ever come into our minds right because people aren't like that this is mental health and people Put themselves out there to tell you that they're struggling so these are the kind of things you get to do as a company that really help you create not just like your value system and how you behave with people but also a bit of legacy and great word of mouth right like people will say like this company that i randomly found on the internet like you know they just sent me a subscription that was worth more than what i paid them for their product yeah But that's the kind of thing you get to do if you manage your margin. So it isn't just about being like ruthless on margin. It's about the awesome things you get to do for your customers to give them a better experience.
0: Which also therefore feeds back to you, your own integral happiness and feeling of purpose, which is actually the most important thing as a founder, because if you don't have a purpose and you're doing it just for the profits or the margins, I'm sure you'll burn out so much faster. 100%. And,
1: and that's exactly it, really. You know, never, ever, ever start a business because you want to make money. Businesses aren't that great a way to make money. Side hustles might be, but not a committed business. Um, but you should start a business because you are in it for the long haul. You're going to enjoy the ride. You're going to meet great people. You're going to turn up to work feeling fulfilled. Um, those are the things that get you through on the rubbish days. Like so many rubbish days. You can't help it. And as you know, yeah. you know irritating though it is like tons of time as a founder is spent on admin and legal admin and paperwork like so much paperwork and that is like the driest thing on earth to do and no one else can do it for you because it's your signature and it's your thing and you know there's just some rubbish things you can't outsource and so yeah it really helps to have a sense of purpose on those days because you're like oh, what on earth am i doing with my time <laughs> yeah.
0: um, one of the things that you mentioned uh, in that in the first point of learnings there was that you've learned now to empower those same high performing individuals that you've hired is there a certain framework that you use that limits the amount of in both ways it eliminates the amount of control that you can have because you want to have more control but it also acts as a filter for too much information coming your way so that they can make the decisions themselves like is there is there a way in which you now set someone up a framework that you use each time do you mean like as employees as when you employ someone yeah let's say in fulfillment or in customer service, uh, do you have a framework that you can say, right, this is this is how we set a new employee up, which yes. means that things don't get loaded on you yes. necessarily?
1: Great question. And the answer to that, and you know, it's good timing because like yesterday we did a half day on our values with our team, um, a values workshop. And the answer to this question all comes down to your values and how you live by your values and how you behave. So when Joel and I, the other thing that we, you know, another mistake, and I'm glad you brought this up because, you know, I didn't bring this up previously, mistake that we made at Gravel is we didn't spend time on our values. um, We just went, we just were growing and we were just doing. Um, When you really like create time to create values and think about what they are, they should impact every aspect of what you do, including your hiring. So Joel and I, before we had any product or really knew what company we were going to do, we worked with some leadership psychologists together who we still work with and basically worked on our value system and said, what are our values? We did like, uh, psychological personality tests together saw where our overlaps were had facilitated conversations together about what our strengths and weaknesses were what we believe in what we don't and we got to three values which are take the initiative pursue potential with purpose and keep a sense of humor and humility and those three values dictated our hiring process So then we wrote interview questions, and I'm not joking when I say we did this a whole year before we hired a single person, we had these interview questions that were based on the values. So that if we ever hired anyone, including as a freelancer, um, we'd be able to ask these questions and test that they um, were able to demonstrate it. So just to break it down very quickly, keep a sense of humor and humility for us. You know, having high ego people that think they're brilliant and love to boast and brag about how well they're doing, you know, toxic in a culture of actually striving for success. And the problem with those people is they always think the job is done. Whereas someone with, you know, really great humility never thinks the job is done. Their best and first question is, like, how can I improve what I just did for myself? Not for anyone else, but for myself. So humility is super important. But also when you turn up at work every day and it's stressful, you want to have fun. So humor. Also really important. So we put those ones together and we've hired people with a great sense of humor that like to enjoy themselves, also low ego. Then um, pursue potential with purpose. Again, the idea here is you want want self-starters. You want people with a growth mindset. And that also comes down to the other value, which is take the initiative. So that one really speaks to the problem I said earlier, right? So take the initiative for us is all about not having people that come to you with questions. You have people that their first point of call is, do I know this? No. Can I learn it on Google or YouTube without asking anyone? Yes. Because that's how an entrepreneur yeah. has to learn stuff. So there's no reason why your team shouldn't learn stuff. So, yeah. you know, those three values then created our interview process. They then create our onboarding process. So we have literally like an onboarding guide, um, like step-by-step process where we take people through other cats and come to say hello. Um, <laughs> they love they love in- interrupting all the different uh, podcast sessions they do, it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> big feature of secret leaders so yeah so these these values as and you can hear me talk about them you understand how this sort of answers your question these are the things that make an impact into when someone joins how they behave how you know they behave in teams how they behave with each other how they behave in meetings and we embed these all the time and we encourage the team to do this with each other now the interesting thing like why we did this with the team yesterday um, is because we were very clear. We like now have a founding team. There's 10 of us now, uh, we've hired everyone remotely. So not everyone's met people are in all different countries as well. Someone's in Istanbul, someone's in Rotterdam, someone's in France. So, you know, that's been a benefit of the pandemic is we've hired the best talent, not just the best talent around London. Um, the reality is we. Um, You know, we said to people, look, like the way that you scale culture and values and live by them is you have team buy-in. So when it was just Joel and I, these were the values that we used to hire you guys. So these are like now inherent in you, like as people, these are the things you have and the behaviors that we do in the company are based on these values, yes, but let's stress test them. Should we have different values now as a team, are there things that we collectively believe in and talk about as a team? Because now 10 people scaling those values to what might end up being a hundred people the only way you do that is if everyone was bought into them at the time. So yeah. it was really interesting, like re rehashing this, and actually, you know, we've ad- we're going to add a fourth value. Um, but the the reality is that the you know the three were fairly well stress tested. Um, and actually we agree that, you know, take the initiative doesn't need to be a value anymore because it's just a given, right. Because, and which is great because it means that, you know, we now have 10 people who just know to take the initiative and it becomes sort of an obvious thing that you'd never hire someone without that value. Therefore, there's no need to have it as a strict value because we would just never do it as embedded in us. So we get the opportunity to think about a different value in the company.
0: Yeah. And what a, what a practical thing to actually have as part of a startup because it must save so much, so much time and unnecessary email chains around Mate, 100%, teaching, teaching a skill.
1: A hundred percent. And like, at the end of the day, like, you know, the, the truth is that everyone thinks, and this is one of the biggest startup mistakes, full stop. Everyone thinks that um, uh, values is the soft stuff. Everyone. But values is the hardest stuff. And if you do your values right, living by your values should be the hardest thing you ever do as a company. Mm -hmm. It should literally be the most difficult thing you do because every single decision comes back to the value and will dictate the way that someone makes decisions without asking you a single question. They can come back to the company culture and the value system and say, should I ask Dan this question or do I know the answer because of our values? And like the values that we basically landed on were humor and humility still. Uh, trust others and be trusted because we put so much effort and emphasis into our scientific background. It felt unfair not to have trust and we trust each other as well to make decisions and therefore that helps us scale. So, you know, you're an adult, go make the decision, live and die by your decisions. Um, uncompromising care because again, that sort of takes the spirit of us being a brain care company in, but we care about our customers. We care about each other. We're all compassionate. really give a shit about being the most successful company we can be. Um, and then you know the pursue potential with purpose like stayed as well. So you know it's like been nice to sort of merge them together by having a whole conversation and workshop at workshop on you know how these turn into behaviours, habits, and and help us drive change in our business.
0: Brilliant. And, and how often do you plan to do those? Have you, have you got those structured in every year as part of the year's plan? every six months, every 12 months, or is it just as see how you grow and then plan it from there?
1: Yeah, so values workshop stuff, I think is more about every um, every year you should sort of revisit your values. But what we do is like, you know, in terms of like team culture, every month we do, so every week we do something called Friday Night Heights, um, obviously, you know, in, in uh, inspired by Friday Night Lights. Um, yeah. nice. show. and um, it's just basically a team a team meeting and so um three weeks out of four it's this is what everyone did this week this is the data this is the numbers this is where we're tracking against our targets etc etc and one week in every four it's just a value session so it's a two-hour session where we do exercises and things that help us live our values there's no professional numbers or anything it's just you know workshop activities and then every week We also do something called Central Perk, which is, you know, a virtual coffee meeting basically as an hour where there's no work. And in that hour, um, you know, different people bring an idea of what we're going to do in that session. And it has to be something based off our values. So for example, last week, we did, um, you know, virtual, just virtual games that were, you know, uh, a bit like Cards Against Humanity, so very, like, you know, dark humor, crude. <laughs> very crude, very funny, um, but, like, done online. And we all just played that together for, like, an hour. Um, but, you know, that lives our humor value. So it just helps people be like, you know, you're responsible for this. What do you want to do at Central Perk this week? These are our values. These are some suggestions. Let's talk about it and let's do it in that session. So it gives us like a good opportunity to sort of connect outside of work as well, but like constantly live those values.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Love it. Absolutely love it. So many, so many good takeaways for me that I've been scribbling down in my notepad. Um, all, so, mistakes, all mistakes that I made, right? So yeah. all things, all things I never,
1: I never knew were important.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, you, you're a man who, who is always pushing forward and, and always, Doing new things, you you obviously have a startup that we've spoken about uh, extensively. You also find the time to do two podcasts. One of which, as I mentioned before, is is the top business podcast um, in the UK, uh, yep. worldwide as well. As, as, the UK, it's, it's, sadly, okay. was was
1: Europe, but you know it becomes tough when you're competing against uh, against Tim Ferriss, yeah. <laughs> yeah, massive budgets, NPR, BBC, etc. But
0: still, yeah, but. And and you find the time to write the newsletter weekly as well. So my point here is really, um, we touched a little bit on burnout before, but I, I want to be a bit more specific than that and to sort of delve into your own personal daily routines mm-hmm. um, that that you find help create balance in your own life between all elements. I mean, we've spoken a lot about business and um, and being an entrepreneur today, but that's obviously only one part of who you are as a human. So... How do you how do your daily routines create balance in your life amongst all the important um, sections?
1: Yeah. So, you know, the most important thing I'd say is, um, you know, what I call a mental health diet. And what I mean by that is like curating the information that goes into your head is essentially the stuff that is going to define who you are. So I'm a very curious person um I've become very big into you know spirituality consciousness I think that understanding consciousness and spirituality is arguably the single greatest hack for improving your mental well-being that's my personal opinion so the reality is I'm very very grateful to have sort of discovered that path and the reason i'm saying this is because you know i read a lot of books about consciousness and spirituality and i do that on my daily walk so every single day as a habit i go for a walk for about an hour hour and a half doesn't matter when i do it i try and go in the morning but it really also depends on what kind of night's sleep i had because i always prioritize my sleep so you know, if I've had a bad night or I've got an early meeting or something like that, you know, I won't have time to go to go for my walk then. But my walk is when I listen to an audiobook or a podcast on, you know, a topic that I find interesting and I learn and I listen and I get into a creative space whilst I'm walking. And it's just a great personal time every single day, you know, that is breaks up my day and makes sure that I get into a good, healthy habit. And also, you know, in a pandemic, so important to make sure you're still going out in nature so i go to Regent's park or primrose hill every single day without fail um and and it, it, actually i say without fail like i had to not go twice this uh two times this week because um i was waiting for a coronavirus test back and I didn't, you know obviously i had to isolate um and it was negative but it was interesting how much that impacted my mental health just not being able to go those days and then um you know I, from a habit point of view the most important thing i'd say is i prioritize my sleep um, I try and get seven to eight hours a night. Um, I do have two cats. They are very cuddly. They do come wake me up for cuddles, which is great, and you know, great practice for having a kid. But the uh, but the reality is, it can obviously affect my sleep. And um, and I think most importantly, i also start my day with my you know parlor toothpaste. Make sure that my pearly whites <laughs> stay nice and white. And yeah, then I plug in. I get the plug in. And then I um, I. I, one hack that I've loved, which you do as well, is Peloton. And the thing that I uh, got wrong in my life was putting too much emphasis and pressure on myself about health and about physical exercise. Um, you know, the reality is, like, I used to just uh, think it's so important to have that hour in the gym, maximize that hour, etc. But the truth is, if you can do that, that is obviously the best. I'm not trying to, you know, say, you know, be anti, anti-common sense and science here. But... The best health hacks you can ever find in life are the ones that work for you. And because I am a busy guy, because I will make excuses, because I do try and pack in a lot in my day, I've learned that if I, if I say to myself I'm doing Peloton for 30 minutes a day, five times a week is my thing, um, I can keep to that habit. And I think this is the thing. It's about learning what habit you will keep to. I knew that if mine was 45, I've tried this. Like If I try and do 45, I end up doing it three times a week, not five. It's better to do five times 30 than it is to do three times 45. Um, You know, regularity like for movement and exercise is better. Um, I found having a Peloton in my house and literally giving myself a minimum target that seems really achievable, everyone can do 30 minutes kind of thing in my head, that's made a huge impact um so i'm really really grateful for finally coming to terms with the fact for example i'm not you know an obsessive on fitness my um i grew up fat and am not naturally like um, you know a good good at exercise or sport or anything like that um i think a lot of people can relate to that right you know the reason that i stay um in relatively good shape rather than muscle, you know i tried to go to the gym i had a personal trainer for years i never grew like it was just it was ridiculous like whatever reason genetically or anything i'm just not predisposed to being like that and it took me a lot a lot of time and effort to understand that not everyone can get those massive muscles feeling eight, like all of those things um i used to beat myself up about it a lot uh but in the end what i've learned is what's important for an individual is to be healthy and your version of healthy is down to you and that's your like how you decide those things are important and for me you know Having a good routine where I walk every day and I'm exercising regularly enough, that is healthy by any standard or, you know, on the NHS, for example. That is what they would define as healthy. And yeah. it keeps me healthy and it keeps me mentally healthy. And so the most important habits uh, that I can recommend to anyone are ones that you're going to stick to. Always, 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 always. When you try and cram too much stuff in, it doesn't work. So the other habits that I'm really proud of that make a massive difference to me are at night before I go to sleep, I journal. And so I write down three things that went well, um, you know, I have a slightly extreme version with my wife, you know, in my company, we do OKRs, which are objectives and key results. And I have marriage OKRs, marriage objectives and key results with my wife, which we worked on together, um, which basically sort of map out um the kind of marriage we want to have and then breaking it down into behaviors and then into daily habits so we have like a literally like a weekly daily habit checklist of things like these. are not every day don't have to do them every day but listened listened and supported my wife at work and vice versa right so don't listen to her um did we teach you some, each other something new did we um, you know, did we meditate? I mean, there's a bunch of different ones, and like I say, they're not all every day, but it creates this really nice little habit tracker that's also a good reminder that, you know, I'm living with someone that I care about deeply, and sometimes I can be completely engrossed in my work, too self-obsessed, etc. cetera, and not take enough time to think about my partner, how she is, and vice versa. So, you know, it sounds really silly, but having something physical in front of you that reminds you to do these things is really helpful, because the other thing that people forget about habits people beat themselves up so much if they don't commit if they commit to a habit and don't do them but the best hack i've ever had this is why heights has the bottle that it has right the best hack in the world is put it in your environment put it in front of you and you won't forget this stuff so if you want to build a habit put it in front of you so you know a really good example is when i woke up this morning the first thing i did was say i'm grateful for waking up today (laughs) same thing i do i didn't i didn't you know that's gratitude first thing But I didn't learn that habit by being, you know, fucking Dalai Lama. I wanted to learn that habit, and so I wrote it on a piece of paper, and it's on the side of my bed, and it's the first thing I wake up. It's literally hanging over my radio. So I can't look at the time without seeing the note. And I just (laughs) say to myself, I'm grateful for waking up today because I want to wake up and be grateful that I have woken up. So people really misunderstand people like myself and think oh you're amazing at habits you've built all these things no no i haven't i write myself notes and i leave them in front of me in places and i make sure that i remember to do them and that's actually the hack of making small changes full stop in my opinion is you put it in your environment you remove distractions where you can from other things and if all else fails write it down shove it in your face
0: that's actually written in your um documentation that comes out with heights and so my heights now sits next to my pre workout that i have before i get on my peloton so i know every morning when i come down before i exercise i'm going to get those two heights in me and uh, and that's the main issue i've had with supplementation in the past is i'll just forget to take them yeah uh, and then and then once you lose that that routine that you're in it's very very difficult to get back into it um and then it just becomes you you lose all the benefits a lot of these these hacks and in inverted commas require persistence, just like regular exercise, just like regular meditation. Um, you get the real benefits when you when you start building them into your day to day. I find. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and never,
1: never overemphasize. Just putting stuff in front of you and writing it down in front of you. Post its work fine.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love. I love that one. I really, really do enjoy that. Right, so I I want to finish with the the question that we ask to every guest on the podcast, um, which is what's the one small change that you've made that you wish you'd made earlier in life?
1: Uh, Yeah, and it's a great question. I think the answer is annoyingly, because I'm sure lots of people will say this, but probably meditation, because it took me about five years of saying I'm going to meditate every day to actually get into the habit of doing it. And again, the way that I ended up getting into the habit of it was, was doing it right before I went to sleep. So 10 minutes on calm right before I went to sleep. Sometimes I fell asleep but I didn't beat myself up out over it because at least I was trying. Um two years of put, doing it every single night, which I have achieved now. Um, you know, maybe maybe I've missed a day like here or there, but I didn't beat myself up out over that either. But like generally two years of doing it every day. Um this year, January 1st, is like I'm going to up my game to 20 minutes. So um whether whether that's split into two sessions of 10 minutes or one of twenty doesn't matter to me um but you know that's really important to me because uh like a lot of entrepreneurs but a lot of people like i get distracted very easily my mind is 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 awful like i've got 100 ideas running around all the time and they're distracting me nonstop. and finding focus is so hard so i think the way that i need to improve the most is by having some clarity focus and just attention to the single task that i'm doing and that is the thing that you know meditation has helped me do but also like i mentioned earlier i'm i'm really interested in consciousness so You know, the idea of, like, calming your thoughts, which aren't you, and coming back to yourself, which is like the silent and present version of you, is just an amazing habit that I'm really looking forward to taking further in my life. So that's the one that I'm currently working on and the one that I think has had a big impact on my mental health. And I'm really excited for where it can help take my um, sense of self and sense of inner peace as well as focus and productivity.
0: Yeah, it really does. It just hits all of the different elements of life, doesn't it? And I think I completely agree with you. It's that excitement actually of actually how far can I take these feelings that I get when I'm meditating? Um and where where does it end up and how yeah. far how how introspective can you become because for sure looking to the future, looking to the past are two things that I'm very very guilty of and yeah. um Yeah, that's the one time in the day that I actually look uh, to the present as much as I can do, even though I'm sure I'm the same as you. When I start to meditate, that's the time when I get all my great ideas about things.
1: Right, and you want to write Um, them down and stuff. So yeah, it's hard, but um, it's a great skill to learn. So yeah, that's definitely my one.
0: Brilliant. Dan, uh, I I could speak to you for another hour, so I think we're probably going to have to get you back on the podcast at some point to to dive deeper into your thoughts around consciousness and and spirituality because I think we could probably do a whole... A whole hour on that and certainly your your discussions that i've heard you talk about previously around uh, a focus on the universe and our, and and where we fit in as individuals within the universe has changed my set my mindset around um around spirituality and death certainly so that's a, a topic for another day but um for now i'll bid you adieu and uh, thanks for coming on the podcast and see you again soon thanks so much mate cheers bye awesome dude so i've got a jump hi guys simon again here just one more thing before you guys go thank you so much for listening to the podcast i really hope it gave you an immense amount of value if i could ask just one thing of you all please subscribe to the podcast please share it please write a review if you enjoyed it Please talk to your friends about it. The bigger the podcast gets, the better the guests I can get on and the more value I can give back to you all. So that's it from me. I'll see you on the next one. And until next time, enjoy the ride.